Hello, and welcome to episode 274 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jerry Cooley, creator of End of Days, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt. Jerry, thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast. Let's do how we, we normally start off our interviews. We ask for two things. We ask for a quick bio and an elevator pitch, and then we'll, t- then we'll take a deep dive into making comics. Yeah, man. Uh, appreciate you having me on first of all, Matt. And uh, my bio, man, I've, I've been in the comic. It's been a, a lifelong dream, really, to, uh, to be a comic artist and a comic creator. And uh, I had plans of actually going to the Joe Kubert School of Art right out of high school. And of course, you know, life had other plans. But here I am at uh, 44 years old trying to jump back in the game. And uh, it's been a wild ride. It's been a roller coaster. And it's just really been amazing. You know, all the love and support for the book so far, the Kickstarter and uh, Instagram. And uh, as far as my elevator pitch, man, it's simple. End of Days is uh, you take the movie from hell, uh, you mix in a little bit of the CW Supernatural, and then you cross that in with a little bit of Sherlock Holmes, and you've got End of Days. Wow. Yeah. That that, that sounds awesome. So I think one of the things that's really cool that that I learned um, glancing through the, the Kickstarter page is that you handle a lot of stuff in this book, but you're listed as a co-writer. And I think the, the really interesting part about this is, is who your co-writer is. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, definitely. I, I couldn't do anything without my daughter. She, we constantly bounce ideas off one another. And some of the best twists in this story come from her. I mean, she's, I, I've been sitting on this idea for instance since uh high school matt but i just had the big picture you know i never really it it was always kind of uh scary you know to kind of jump in and do the dialogue between the characters and stuff like that but that's where she really come in and you know she challenged me she told me flat out she said (laughs) she said dad you've been sitting on this idea for years you know it's you're not dead by any means, just why, what are you waiting on? Why don't you do this? And I said, well, I'm, I'm scared of the writing, you know? And she said, well, I'll tell you what, she said, I'll help you write it. If you'll just do it. And I, I was like, deal. And <laughs> we took off with it, but, uh, she constantly challenges me with it. Uh, I'll, I'll throw something at her and she'll, she'll take it and she'll put these little twists on it. And like I said, some of the best stuff in this book, really is her brainchild so i'm very fortunate you know i mean if if i don't do another book after this one i'll have that the rest of my life that i got to do you know do these projects with my little girl which she's not little anymore by the way she's she's 24 years old so but yeah it's been a it's been amazing matt it really has Cool. So I have a couple of questions um, about sort of the d- dynamic that you have there, but let's let's talk a little bit about sort of the the story overall. You know, we're we're here at Kickstarter right now. You know, it's it's April of, of twenty twenty. This is this is chapter three. Um, what are your what are your plans are uh, for the series? Are is it three issues? Are there more issues in the future? What what's what's the plan here? Man, we're we're looking at uh, we're, we're looking at eleven issues, but 
we really just kind of let the story dictate everything mm-hmm. and we know where we want to go and we pretty much have the 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 major plot and everything put together so you know we might not can squeeze that in 11 issues we don't want to squeeze it in there you know we don't want to rush anything we want to let each issue be able to to breathe so to speak and uh-huh. uh just take our time telling the story so if it takes 12 issues 12 issues it is but we're shooting for 11 right now awesome and do you have any plans of like uh you know you, when you hit like the the six issue mark maybe collecting that and allowing people to to get a, a you know collected volume uh, i'm thinking maybe just sort of like with a story um you know an overall arching story arc you might have some like you know turning point in the middle that would like be a really good point to sort of collect everything um and and sort of have a, a trade do you, do you have any thoughts there yeah i i've thought about it a lot actually i would love to do that and you know if it if it kind of falls like i said the our main thing has been let the story dictate but i would love if you know it breaks off at a point at say issue seven you know where that kind of puts a little bow on a, a a major part of the story and would wrap up better as a volume right there we might do that you know cool yeah i mean i guess that's one of the good things about you being in control so much of of your story that if um you know you you already said that like hey if this has to be 12 issues we can make it 12 issues and i'm you know if you you know i i don't think any of us would turn down working for the for the big two but if you were working for marvel or dc it's going to be like hey this is this is 20 pages this is 22 pages this is this is a five issue arc you gotta you gotta you got to get it within these parameters. And like as indie creators, we kind of can see those parameters and sort of work closely to them. But if we need to, you know, if we need two more pages to, to finish our issue and tell the story, um, most of the time we can do that. If, if, you know, I don't think I would see a lot of trades in the book or, or trades in like a, in a comic store that were, were seven issues, but you know, if that works for us, we, we can do that. So that's, that's one of the great things, right? Oh, definitely. That's, that's one of the big things I love about Indy, man. I mean, you can do whatever you want, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the wild west, basically. It ought to be every creative <laughs> dream, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, let's, let's talk a little bit about the collaboration between you and your daughter. Um, you kind of had this story idea that you've been building, um, you know, it's been in your head. You've been sort of building the, the, you know, the major plot points. I'm sure, you know, right. you're in your car, you're driving, you're mowing the grass, you sort of have a moment. You're like, Oh, okay, this is what I need to do here. And like that, exactly. you just sort of file that away in the back of your head. Um, but is your daughter um, writing like, uh, like full scripts? Cause say for, say for me, if I was working with, with an artist, that I didn't have so much of a, you know, close connection with, I would, I would write a full script. I, I just don't know, like if you guys are just sort of, you know, f- informally trading notes and, and stuff like that. So how does it work between you having the the general idea and your daughter helping, you know, connect some plot points, you know, giving the characters a voice, how, how does that dynamic work? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it, it can be a little hairy at times <laughs> because she doesn't always like my ideas. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she, she's quick to tell me and she's quick to voice that. But 
like I said, pretty much everything that she changes is for the better. She just, I don't know. It's, it's something I've, I have yet to possess in life. She's just a, I can tell a story in a broad view. She Mm -hmm. can break it down to the nitty gritty and just really put you in the moment, so to speak. And it just, it's, it never ceases to amaze me how she does that because we'll be sitting there. We'll, we basically bounce off each other and we basically co-write it. You know, we, we'll even sit down and kind of act it out a little bit, you know, well, this is what I want to do here. And she says, well, they need to say this, or I'll say, well, no, that he wouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. That's not the type of person he is, you know, because I, like I said, it's kind of, she gets frustrated with me sometimes because these characters are like old friends, you know, they've been living in my head for 20 plus years now. And I've, written my own backstory for them in my head and know exactly you know how they're supposed to act and it just it's it's interesting i tell you sometimes it gets (laughs) it gets really interesting but it's it's a really fun process i would think that that would be really really um great for sort of putting a character in a situation and and figuring out like what they would say, how they would react. Like, you know, if, if I'm writing this, so if I'm writing a story solely by myself, you know, I'm, um, you know, in my mind's eye, I'm seeing these characters re, you know, react, but to have two people go, all right, you know, character A is in the room with character B and, you know, this is the motivations. And then you guys are sort of acting it out. Like, you know, the, the first, first you know shot you might take at it you might go oh hey, that doesn't make any sense let's let's go back right. and act it out so that that's got to be really got to be really great for you guys and that happens a lot i mean it takes us a while to get one hammered out exactly like we want it because she's just as stubborn as me you <laughs> know so you know we run into that we butt heads but hey it's it's all for the betterment of the book it's everything that we've come out with has actually been better than what we started. So it's, it's a really great process. It works really good. Awesome. And is her background, uh, is she, is she a a big comics reader? Um, I know you mentioned like CW. I'm just wondering if she's more of a, you know, a a film and and television um, sort of connoisseur of media. Uh, she's to be honest, she's more of a reader. She's nice. She watches TV now and she loved comics when she was young, but, uh, the older she got and in her teenage years, she kind of went the fantasy route, Cool, you know, and, uh, that's, that's her bread and butter. So. All right. So, um, another story, I, our question I have for you guys, it seems like, uh, this, is doing something that I really enjoy. It's it's putting us in historical events that we all sort of know really well, um, and it's taking a you know it's 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 you know telling us a, a story. You know, it's it's bending the truth here and there. But how much um, historical research are, are you guys doing um, for for this book? Well, when we really get serious with this thing, I mean, it's it's going to change. I mean, it's not going to be exactly like you know, Jack the Ripper, but yes, we pull all that up and we studied that for weeks before we ever started the first issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll be honest with you. What really, I, I can't remember how old I was. I know I was young, 
I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a movie time after time. And, um, it's, it has to do with time travel and Jack the Ripper of all things. Oh, wow. And that movie, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's, uh, late seventies, if I remember right. And I can't remember exactly who's in it, but it, okay. it, it's stuck with me. Nice. And, and that's where the idea was born from. I watched that movie and I just couldn't get it out of my head. I thought it was the most awesome thing I've <laughs> ever seen, you know, and this idea grew from that movie. Cool. Um, was there anything when you were doing that research, you know, there's always a saying that uh, sometimes truth is, is stranger than fiction. Was there anything that you learned that you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's so crazy. Um, you know, people wouldn't even believe that that happened. And, you know, if that's something that's going to, you know, spoil a story element, then you don't want to get to that's perfectly fine. But, uh, you know, was there anything that you, you came upon, you're like, man, that that's really wild. And if, you know, I made that up in a story. People would be like, that's, that's really far-fetched. The, the biggest thing that struck me, Matt was, you know, they never caught this guy. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so much unknown and just the brutality that he used. It was, it was insane. You know, it kind of makes you think that maybe he wasn't human, you know, I mean, that we don't really know. It's, it's just insane, you know, to think that uh, a normal or a human being in general of any facet could do that to another human being because it was just the brutality was insane. Yeah. I know one of the things that's really, um, uh, kind of, um, I'm trying to think of the best, uh, the best way to phrase it, but it's, it's really morbid and it's really shocking. Is it like photography was starting to, you know, Come, I mean, it, it, it had been around, but it, it was getting more, you know, widely used. And they actually have like autopsy photos. of. Oh, them. yeah. And it it's just insane. like, yeah. So like, it feels like so long ago. But if you think about it, you're like, oh, wow. But, you know, they're doing the same thing that they would do now. They, they're taking autopsy photos there right. and all that kind of stuff. And to see that stuff, it's like, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it really is, uh, it just sort of, shows you the, the the brutality of it you're you're right yeah it was just like i said i i've I done that for weeks and it was not pleasant at all mm -hmm. yeah. the only thing that kind of helped me get through it was you know kind of putting that in the back of my mind so to speak yeah and just trying to absorb some of the architecture because i, I you know that's one of my big things and always has been that that victorian style I mean, some of the buildings in those pictures were just amazing. You you don't see stuff like that anymore. Sure. Yeah, I'm 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 scrolling through some of the 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 pages. I, I'm I'm looking at uh, page one. You you drop us right in, sort of like at an establishing shot, um, and and we get that we get that right away. Um, so that that would lead me um, to some of the questions I wanted to ask you about art. Um, you mentioned earlier that uh, you know you had plans to to go to the Kubrick School, you know, years ago. Um, what is your your art process? Because I'm guessing maybe you would have started off as a traditional uh, artist, you know, pen and ink and and, and paper. But I, I'm looking at this, and it looks like maybe you've made the transition to to digital. Um, but this. Tell us uh, maybe if I was correct or, or what your process is. Yes, that's exactly right. I started out with traditional art and, uh, you know, I, I quit on and off through the years. I've always, well, I say quit. 
an artist never really quits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're always sketching at some point, but I would just kind of, you know, I tuck it away for a while and, uh, just kept chugging along with it and chugging along with it. And I actually, that chapter one, I drew probably well over half of that issue traditionally. And I've got my pages tucked away and then halfway through it, I'm, I'm, you know, I was, I wanted to do it in color and, uh, I got to checking on, uh, colorists and stuff like that. I was like, well, I, I can do this. There's got to be a way I can do this. I, I want to have control of this thing. Not to say that a colorist would take control, but you know how it is. When you have a vision, you want to see it all the way through. And I'm kind of a control freak anyway when it comes to stuff like that, especially this project because it's my baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to checking into uh, the programs that were available, like uh, Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator and Clip Studio. I started reading things on all of them, doing my homework. And I settled on Clip Studio because, I mean, it's, it's got a little bit of everything. It's, it's tailor-made for comics. And, uh, so I took, I, I got the program and I took about six months with it, just trying to, to learn everything. And you, that program, you never learn it completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm learning something new every day. And I, you know, I started playing with the, uh, with the colors and it just, I know it's not the greatest colors, but I really tried to give it that, that gritty lived in coal burning gaslight feel i've tried to make london look like well become a character all to itself in this book yeah so yeah it's it's been a long process but i i'm enjoying it more every page and it was very daunting starting out because even when i did my traditional work i never put color to it okay you know so i I had to learn all that. I sat down, I, I YouTubed it up, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I watched uh, all kinds of uh, coloring videos and stuff like that from all different colors and just took a little bit from each one and found what best worked for my process and went from there. And it's, it's still a learning process. Like I said, I, I learned something new every day with this program. Very cool. Um, so what is your what is your work process like I, i'm guessing you're you're a lot like uh, a lot of the the our it, you know indie creators you know we're, we're we're grinding away at the at the day job and then sort of you know trying to find a couple of hours here or there in the evening and and you know maybe on the weekend if we're lucky to to you know get some of the comics work in so is, is that your process as well well the way i'm actually fortunate in one way uh i work offshore for 21 days at a time and then i'm home for 21 days at a time so i have to cram everything into that 21 days and still you know make plenty of time for my family and and rest and everything but yeah i've got 21 days to play with this thing at a time and i try to try to cram as much as i can in those 21 days nice so uh do you do you ever have i know you guys are working closely together um but do you ever have a moment when you're offshore and you go you know what in 
maybe this is episode 10, but this is going to happen. This is going to happen to you. Do you have like a, like a notebook with you or I'm, I'm oh, guessing. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I keep one. Yeah. I, d- I don't have a whole lot of time out there to, to draw. I try to sketch, you know, every couple of days, nothing serious because after like, I'll get up to say if I'm working days, I'll get up four o'clock that morning. I've got to eat and everything, be in a pre-tower by five 30, be at work at six and then hard at it till six o'clock that evening. And then okay. sometimes we have an hour long safety meeting that night after work. So okay. by the time I get out of that and eat supper again that night and get a shower, I'm just shot. But yeah, yeah. I'll keep that notebook. And if something hits me, I'm jotting it down, you know, because I know I'll forget it. Awesome. So um, it sounds like, you know, you, you are a uh, sort of a learn by, by doing type of guy. Like you, you mentioned that, you know, you, you YouTubed it up, you watched a lot of stuff, but you, you know, you got into clip studio paid for, you know, six months and it was like uh, i'm sure it was like hey what does this button over here do oh it does that let me exactly yeah um but what about uh what about kickstarter did you uh i I see that uh you know this is this is your third kickstarter i'm assuming the other the other two were for the first two chapters of of this book that's correct cool And did you look at Kickstarters and try to like uh, reverse engineer them? Like one that you thought was, was similar in style, one that was successful at, you know, sort of the, you know, the rate and, and backers that you were looking for. Did you sort of try to reverse engineer that? Matt? Well, yeah, pretty much what I kind of did. I looked at the ones that weren't doing good mm-hmm. and I took notes of that and the same thing on the other end of it. You know, I looked at the ones that were doing really good. And, and really dove into those and I, and just kind of picked them apart, yeah. you know, and then I took it, you know, I wanted to look at it from the fundee aspect. Well, Hey, what would I want to see, you know, if I were looking at this and tried to put as much of that as I could into it. Yeah. So I think one thing that, um, just looking at, uh, this, um, that's gotta be, um helpful to you is that you're handling so many aspects of the the production of this so um you know for me as a guy who mostly is is a writer you know i'm going to go out i'm going to find a you know a line artist you know maybe that line artist does the coloring i'm gonna have to find a letterer but you're sort of a one-man uh, one man shop, you know, obviously you, you have your co-writer that's, you know, helping you iron out all of the, the, you know, the things that you need help with, but is that a way for you to keep that, um, that funding goal that you need to hit sort of modest because, you know, you're right. basically had, you, exactly you, right. you don't have to farm out like all of these different aspects of the, the comic creation. It's, you know, you're, you're the guy um, there with the, the, the you know the tablet in hand you know pencil you know digital markers or whatever we have you're 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 handling that so that allows you to sort of keep that that funding goal pretty pretty modest right right I get to play one man band <laughs> <laughs> which makes me want to pull my hair out sometimes you know it, it's not like I can cuss colors out if he's not you know if he's running late on things all I can do is look in the mirror and say man what are you doing 
Do you work um, one aspect of the book all the way through, or do you take a page from thumbnails, pencils, inks to colors, um, or do you just like to, all right, I'm going to lay everything out. I'm going to pencil everything out. Like how, how do you, how do you work? Man, it really depends on how, how I see it in my head. Okay. Now, if I'm, if I'm trying to work out an idea and I have a general roundabout thing, I'll lay it out. I'll go ahead and do my thumbnails. Now, if I know specifically what I want, I'll just go ahead and go through the page. Okay. It just, it's like, it's different from page to page, panel to panel. If, if I really have a clear idea of exactly what I want, I'll go ahead and go, I'll straight, straight to work on it. And, uh, but yeah, if I'm really trying to work it out, that's when thumbnails really come in handy. And I'll try to to shape it into what I want. And I might go through two or three pages of that before I finally get to what I want, you know. So do you ever have a day where sort of like the, maybe the line art uh, isn't working and you're like, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to do some coloring here because it's a different sort of creative muscle that I got to work on. And then like maybe once the hand gets going and you get warmed up, you're able to go back and, um, you know, get that tricky panel that, that, that wasn't working for you or anything like that. All the time. That happens all the time. And even when I, I've got a good run going on, uh, if I've got a good run going with my line art, I'll still, you know, just to give myself a breather, because I'm tired of looking at a black and white screen, I'll jump over and do a little coloring in between and it, it keeps it fresh, you know. Cool. Um, all right. So, you know, I think we talked a lot about the the, you know, the different aspects of this book. Um, one of the questions I ask people that I have on the podcast when they're in the Kickstarter, uh, the Kickstarter's running, um, what type of Kickstarter runner are you? Are you a refresh every 30 seconds see you know backer counts that kind of stuff or are you able to sort of you know go for a ride you know take the dog for a walk come back and check it and be like oh that's 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 where we're at uh, what, what kind of kickstarter runner are you now i'll be honest the first one i got calluses on my fingers <laughs> hitting the mouse button i don't know anybody that has it their yeah. first go around but you know the second it you know, the first couple of days. And then I was like, okay, let me, you know, let's, it'll be what it is. And I just started working on the book and you know how it is when you're working on a project, time just gets away from you. Sure. And, uh, and if I was having a good run with a book, it might be a day or so before I check it. And same thing this time, you know, yeah, you, you want to hit your goal and you want to do even more than that, you know, you want to get your book in as many people's hands as possible, but you can't let it just eat you up because, you know, you still got a book to do. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you gotta kind of back away from it a little bit and just tend to the things that you can. Yeah. So are you, um, are, are you still currently like in production of this book or are you, are, are you a little bit ahead? So, uh, what, what's your sort of production status right now? I am about 75% done with this book. Awesome. Uh, and I hopefully will be completely done 
possibly a week before it's actually the campaign's complete. That's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. I, I did that with the last one and I, you know, it was nice to be able to get the project done, you know, go ahead and get a proof ordered and just kind of sit back and just, you know, take it easy. And, uh, every few hours or so, or click in and just see how things were going and just post my ads, you know, every couple of days or every day, you know, depending on what the campaign needed. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So I guess maybe that's one of the ways you're able to sort of, you know, as a veteran of, you know, three Kickstarters, um, you know, the fact that you still have to work on the book to, to hit that, that goal you're setting for yourself, that probably helps you not be, you know, at the Kickstarter all the time going, Hey, you know, where am I, you know, what's, what's this count? What's this count? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's talk about where we are in the, in the state of, uh, this Kickstarter. Um, I think the awesome thing is, is that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you funded in the first, uh, 24 hours. Is that right? That's correct. Cool. Uh, so that was that was one relief um, you probably had, you know, like, hey, this this book is this book is going to get made and, and delivered to people. But I, oh, I yeah, that always takes a load off. Yeah. So I see that there's a there's a stretch goal that we're we're working towards. Um, you, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, like I said, I'm just I'm trying to get this book in as many hands as possible. And you know how it is running Kickstarters. The more you bring in, the more you can put back to the people that got you where you're at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm trying to throw as much in this thing as possible. And if we hit $2,000, I'm looking at uh, adding some prints, you know, to all physical backers uh, by some really awesome artists that have, uh, that have helped me out through the books. Uh, Matt Martin and uh, Keith Mirage just incredibly talented artist keith actually did the kickstarter exclusive cover for this issue and matt did the kickstarter exclusive for the last issue cool and uh, i'm looking um you you have a couple of you you mentioned um the uh the, the covers i'm looking at the cover so is there is there three uh covers uh an a a b and a c to 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 pick from Oh, uh, four covers. Four, four covers, covers. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you got the Kickstarter exclusive by Keith. Uh, I had a another cover done by uh, Chris Askham from uh, Switchblade Stories. I don't know if you've, you've seen his work on Kickstarter. It's really incredible project. Very talented guy. Just amazing artist. And then I do the main cover and the uh, Saturday Evening Post variant, which is the B cover. Very cool. Yeah, I uh, I'm looking at this uh, the cover C, uh, the one by Chris. That that's really that's really cool stuff. Um, and it oh it, yeah, it fits it fits very much with the uh, the the art of your you know your interior art. I you know I I feel like it's dirty, dusty, and and cold with this and gritty like with this sort of atmosphere that he's got in front of these characters. Yeah, Chris read my mind on that. He actually, he did two covers. He okay. sent me the color first and he said, well, you know, he said, I seen what you were trying to do with the book. And he says, I've got this other cover. You don't have to use it if you don't want to. I'll send it to you. 
I said, sure, man, I'd love to see it. <laughs> and then he sent me that. I was, oh, God, yeah, that's perfect. That's the one we're going with right there. I knew just as soon as I laid eyes on it, it just fit perfectly. Very cool. So I guess, you know, one of the things that I find when I, um, when I talk to a creator, we're always, you know, so excited to create, you know, crowdfund, get the book into to people's hands. But one of the things that we always find out sort of towards the tail end is it's sometimes tricky to get your book printed. Are you, are you working with uh, the same printer that you've worked with in the past? And, um, and have you found one that you have a good relationship with? I had uh, actually run our, well, I, I hate to put names out there. Oh, uh, if you don't, yeah, if you don't spot. want to, if you, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to, yeah, let me back out on that. But okay. I will say this I used a particular printer for the first two issues. And, you know, I got the book, like I said, I was through with the book before the Kickstarter was even done on the second one. And yeah, we run into, I run into some issues and they weren't able to get it out like I wanted to get it out. And, you know, there were some other things come up. So I'll definitely be going a different route. I've talked with several creators and uh, they, they've given me a, one that's pulled through for them time and time again. So I'll be going a different route with my printer this time. Very cool. Yeah, it's always good to have uh, friends that have, um, can give you sort of a, a really uh, good insight and an honest opinion on on that because of course when you go to the uh you know you go to any company's website you know they're going to be like oh yeah we can we can deliver this for you and you know we have excellent customer service but you don't really find that stuff out exactly they'll promise you the world to get you in the in the door sure but to have to have a buddy or a coworker or a friend that could be like hey you know what i've used these guys or I've used these, these folks, uh, you might want to, you might want to steer clear of them. That that's always a, uh, a benefit, uh, to, to a creator. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I just, the IG community has been incredible. Yeah. You know, some of the creators we've, we've kind of carved out our own little corner, you know, I mean, just, it's just a great bunch of guys. I mean, it, I feel sometimes seriously like, Hey, you know, we were childhood friends and we grew up together because yeah, it's, it, it's just amazing. You know, I talk to these guys on a daily basis. Yeah. I, I, uh, I joke with my wife sometimes that, you know, I I'm still really close with, uh, with a core group of friends that I grew up with, but, um, about five, six years ago, I made a book, um, uh, with a guy in Brazil. Um, oh, wow. and I, you know, we've, we've never met. But, you know, I talk to him daily about like, you know, various states of, of projects or, you know, what he's working on or, or what we might get to work on next. And it's like, uh, you know, like I said, I've never really met him. Well, he, no, the, the, the you know, the distance. I know exactly what you mean. The distance is too great for us, but I feel like, you know, he's been one of my friends that, I, that I've known with all my life and, you know, just various right. means of the internet allows us to sort of connect every day and, and talk about different things. So, yeah, I know what you're saying there. Yeah. It's, it's, man, I lean on these guys constantly and I mean, they, they never cease to fail me. They, they've kind of helped me and pushed me through the, across the finish line, you know, with all these projects and, you know, like I said, we chat just about every day. And if I'm having a bad day or if I'm 
thinking about, you know, worrying about an issue or something like that. They just kind of talked me through it and kind of pulled me along. You know, I, I couldn't be more thankful. Cool. Cool. So I think, uh, I think that's going to do it for, for the interview, but what I want to do um, as we close up is um, you basically, uh, I feel like you have two main platforms on uh, social media. So I want to give you a chance to talk about those. Those are your, your IG and uh, your YouTube. So, so why don't you talk a little bit about, I guess you're going to be able to talk a little bit more about um, the YouTube, but uh, give out your, um, your, your IG handle. Yeah, just uh, check me out at uh, Jerry Cooley 77. Uh, that's Jerry with a G. Mm-hmm. And you can blame that on my dad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then the YouTube channel, like I said, I, I started it about a month ago and it's coming along great. Uh, it's uh, old school comics, but uh, there there's definitely more than one. I should have checked that before I actually you know went with that, but that's been my imprint from day one. So be sure and hit the link for that one. It'll be available. And uh, it's not just me. Uh, I try to have on other creators all the time about upcoming projects. And like I said, I hope to be having you on soon, Matt. Yeah. And uh, we can just kick back and shoot the breeze, brother. Sounds uh, sounds good. uh, You can also uh, check out my website at jerrycooleyart.com. You can pick up earlier issues or... You know, you, you can get them for the same price right now on uh, the campaign, though. You can pick up all, all three issues. I, I always do a catch-up, you know, mm-hmm. tier on there where everybody, if you know, you're constantly getting new people in, and I want them to be able to read the whole story. I don't, I, I don't like to start a story in the middle. I like to start at the beginning. So I want everybody else to be able to do that, too. So I have a catch-up tier digital and physical on every campaign very cool so i'm gonna have a link to your ig your youtube and your website but also as we close off let's let's talk a little bit more about about this book that's on kickstarter i know you gave us an elevator pitch but why don't you give us like a little bit more of an in-depth uh you know synopsis of, of the book okay so basically this thing it starts off, if we jump back to chapter one, you start off right at the beginning of the Ripper murders set in the 1890s in London. And uh, the guy that had the task of put upon him to kind of figure this out is uh, Inspector Jonathan McCoy. And uh, it goes on and is, you know, you're going through there, you see okay, there's a guy standing up on Big Ben and Uh he's just kind of looking over the city like, okay, who is this guy? And it goes in and explains everything. And this is actually the Archangel Gabriel. And he's been, he's like angels do in Bible tales. He's he's watching over mankind and he's done it, you know, since the beginning of time and and the beginning of man. And at certain times, angels step in well he feels it necessary to step in there's something a little different about this thing that's going on it's it's not human there's a there's a darkness and it's you know it's got people thinking that it's a man they think it's the ripper and he knows better so he steps in and you immediately 
you see there's a history between him and McCoy. And he's posing as a man. He's posing as Inspector, you know, Gabriel Smith. Uh-huh. But you automatically see there's a history between these two guys, which, you know, we're going to go back and tell that story too. And uh, actually, I'm writing that one all by myself right now. And Matt Martin will be doing the pencils on it. We hope to get it out by before the end of the year. That'll be end of days. Ballad of the Damned. It'll be a prequel story going back and telling that story. So we're going to fill that in too. Awesome. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, he jumps in there and with every murder, there's, there's clues left. Uh, the very first murder he goes, he checks it out. He knows he, he just, you know, he knows there's something different about this and he finds some Enochian ruins and, uh, him being an angel, he's the only one that, that can read them. And uh, it's, you know, it, it goes from there. And with every murder, it gets them closer. Okay. You know, and believe me, they hit a lot of speed bumps. Um, <laughs> I'll go ahead and spoil this a little bit. The devil actually pops up in chapter two. Oh, wow. So, yeah, this third chapter picks up. I try people might hate me for it. They might love me for it, but, uh, I try to end every issue at a cliffhanger. Yeah. I've always went by the thing. You got to leave them wanting something else, you know? And at the end of chapter two, he's, he, Gabriel comes face to face with his brother, Lucifer. And then it, the story ends and we pick up with this one right where that left off. And it's not pretty. It gets ugly real quick, and uh, this one's it's loaded with a lot of action. It really is, and what? And I'm trying to get more into the horror element that I really wanted to start out at, and it kind of lightened up in that second one, you know, because we were character building. I mean, there were still some horror elements, but I wanted to go a little darker with this one. So we we've done that. And uh, like I said, there's big confrontation. It gets it gets real serious between uh, Gabriel and Lucifer. So you're going to have a showdown in this one as well. And things get really interesting. Very cool. Well, I mean, that is classic story or comic storytelling is, is, is the cliffhanger to, to you know, hit them with uh, hit them with something that makes them interested and in, in wanting to come back. So that that's really awesome. So um I'm also going to have a link to, to the Kickstarter page in the show notes for this podcast. Um, but let's see here. We have, at the time of this recording, uh, we have 19 days and you are ending on Monday, May 2nd. May the 2nd, that's correct. 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Standard Time. So um, we want people to that are listening to, to go check it out. Um, between now and, and the beginning of May. Um, well, Jerry, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I I've really enjoyed it, brother. I, really I love the aspect it. that this was the first time that I think I've ever had a father and daughter uh, combo on, you know, to, to talk about, to make it a story. So that, that was a lot of fun. And it was an interesting way to show that, uh, you know, stories can be told a different way. And it, it's got to also be a great uh, bonding experience for you guys. Oh yeah, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Like I said, if I if 
I want to finish the story, but if I don't, you know, I've still got that. And that's, that's just, you know, I'll be able to take that to my grave that I got to do that with her. It's just been amazing. Cool. So, um, you know, you have an open invite uh, to, to come back on the podcast, you know, maybe uh, later this year when that, that prequel uh, story is coming out, we can, we can check back in and check in all things state of end of days and, 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 and see how you guys are doing. Man, I would love to. I would love to do it. Awesome. So, all right. So I'm going to give out some information about the podcast as we close up. If you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter and that is at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>